Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strong, the president of Paradigm Security Services, and we're excited to be with you today on Business X Radio. We're coming to you from the Subaru of Gwinnett, Atlanta studio, located in the beautiful Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia. Each week, we plan to feature businesses in the Atlanta area and business people, especially those that serve Gwinnett County. While all businesses have security concerns, not all are about physical security. And we will touch on that as all related aspects of security through the course of each show. Our guest today, I'm very, very happy to have Dr. Kimberly Birds, and that's with an S. And she is the principal of Creekland Middle School here in uh, Gwinnett County. I was lucky enough and honored enough to be able to be the, the uh, assistant, not really the assistant principal, I was principal for the day yes. yesterday at Creekland. We had a great day, wandered around spanking all the students. No, I'm just kidding. They spanked me. No. But um, wandered around talking to all the students, kind of looking at what they're doing and, and uh, talking to them about their studies and mm-hmm. kind of observing the instructors and the teachers and what they do. I just kind of like to, you know, hear a little bit about who is Ms. Birds. You know, what, uh, how did you get here? Where did you come from? What got you into the education business? Great question. I've been in education for about 22 years now. I am originally from Charleston, South Carolina, and I've been living here for those 22 years after undergrad. I did my studies in math education at Clapton University in Orangeburg, South Carolina, um, about 45 minutes from my home in Charleston. And then I went, pursued a master's in specialist from Central Michigan University. And that was in curriculum and instruction. And then I got my doctorate from Argosy University in educational leadership. I've always wanted to be an educator, more importantly, a math educator because as a ninth grade student, I felt like algebra stumped me. And I wanted to be, I wanted to give back in a sense of, I didn't want any other student to feel the way I felt. In an algebra class, not really understanding or not really knowing how to ask the questions or get the needs met for me to understand that material. So I made a decision from then on, I wanna teach math and I wanna teach high school math. God bless so, you. So, <laughs> yes, it was great. It was great. Um, there's a lot of pedagogy that goes into teaching that mathematics, and I wanted to learn how to do it. And I started my journey here in the metro Atlanta area. I started out in uh, Newton County School Districts, where I taught high school mathematics, and that was a great experience for me. And then I later moved on to DeKalb County Schools, and now I'm here in Gwinnett County Public Schools. And every district has taught me different things of how to bring myself to full circle as the educator that I am right now. So moving into leadership, I started here at uh, Shiloh Middle School as a seventh grade math teacher and spent a couple of years doing seventh grade math and then moved into leadership. And that took me to Gibson Central West as an assistant principal. And then I knew leadership was I was inspired by several principals that saw leadership in me at the time I saw I just want to teach math 
I just want to be with my students and I want to be in their space. So then I moved into leadership and saw that my circle of influence really was stronger as opposed to not just doing my four walls of the classroom, but then I had influence over an entire school as a person that really supported instruction, particularly, again, in math. And this year is my first year as a principal at Creepin Middle School, and now I get to influence a whole school, and not only in math, but in all areas of teaching and learning. So it's a great pleasure and honor to do that. One of the things that just fascinated me yesterday in walking around with you is, you know, that's that's over 2,000 students in that school. And it was amazing to me how many of those students you knew their first name. They And they had no problem coming up and giving you a hug or saying hello or big smile on their face. It's, that's not, that's not, not normal. <laughs> it's, it's normal, but it's not, it's not usual. Yes. I guess it'd be a better way of putting it. But it fascinated me that, you know, anyone can remember that many names and connect them with their face. They're just popping along the halls and mm -hmm. it's, oh, I Trey or I Tracy or, I mean, just, it's crazy. Yes. But, uh, that says a lot about the type of approach I think that you have to doing this. Mm -hmm. It's very personal. It's a passion. Yes. And you can see it when walking around with you and watching you interact mm -hmm. with these students mm -hmm. and also with your educators uh, and your staff. It, it, you can see the passion that you have and you can hear it in your voice. And, you know, you can hear those times when, you know, there's times that you've got to kind of be a little tough-handed and very stern but at the same time empathetic and uh you can get along with them with a smile on your face kind of kind of like i used to say cuss them out with a smile on your face but uh you don't do that of course but yes. that's the way you do it in police work <laughs> but um you know it, it was amazing because you, you get people to do what you want them to do and have them think it was their idea yeah it's amazing yeah. It's, it's an art to it and it took some years of practice and learning and growing as a leader myself um, to know that this is about the people. So I do this for my students, my teachers, my community. I do it for them. And it feels like I'm doing something that I've always wanted to do, which is to lead others and help them to reach their full capacity. And however I can help them is what I look forward to every day. Their smiles, their needs, they become mine. And I like to be in their space. So as we did hall duty yesterday, it was important for me to be out at every transition because I want to see my students, I want to see my teachers, and I want them to know that I am approachable and visible for them. If they need things, it's a little hi-fi, a hug, and whatever they might need during that school day to get them through their day. And yes, 2,000 is a lot. I don't know all 2,000 <laughs> names, but I know quite a you few. You know a lot of them. I can tell you that. So I, I'm learning. <laughs> well, if you, if you, of course, the interesting part is a lot of them will transition to the mm. next to the next level about the time you're learning their name. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and just out of curiosity, what would you say are the three things that excite you the most about the work that you do? The three things that excite me the most, one would be just every day going to the school and seeing my students in the simplicity of what children bring. I love their innocence and I love that they want to just come to school and be accepted and know somebody cares about them. And so I want to make sure that I'm that person that if they think they have nobody else that when they come to that school, they know that I care about them. 
when I walk into the classrooms and I can see that they're learning or if they're struggling, can I tap in and try to help you? How can I make sure that today was a beneficial day that added one more moment to you learning something today? So I love the simplicity of the children. I love going into my classrooms and seeing them learn and just having that camaraderie with my staff and just maybe maintaining that leadership. I'm not a perfect person, but I know they look to my leadership. So just to be able to be that person to help them on a daily basis is what's meaningful to me. Well, I know that it's very important, especially today. There's a lot of single parents, families and stuff, but it's very important to know that you know, authority is there, mm-hmm. but it can also have a friendly face. Yes. It doesn't have to be a beat you over the head type authority, but you still have to follow the rules. Yes. And that's something that I think we lose too much of mm-hmm. that we need to that teach our children coming up that, mm-hmm. you know, authority is there. You have to follow the rules. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like it. Mm-hmm. You have to follow it. Yes. But it doesn't have to be with a, you know, mm-hmm. a frown on your face or someone telling you with a frown on your face mm-hmm. you know but that learning that friendship can be uh, compatible mm-hmm. with uh, authority and it, I saw that in you when you were doing that it, that that crossover that you were bouncing around they knew you were in charge <laughs> they knew that there was no doubt about it I could tell when you wanted them to calm down in the hall <laughs> the boys just kind of got up and everybody just behaved but at the same time they walked by you and smiled yeah so it worked pretty good yes um, what would you say is a quality that you find most essential to a new leader of a school? I would think probably judgment, um, being in tune with the needs of your students, your staff. And that's part of what that visibility brings because you have to be kind of hands on and having that good judgment. I don't feel like I could leave my school if I sat in my office all day. So that's why I'm out among the students in the cafeteria, in the classrooms, and just kind of being visible to see what is occurring on a normal basis. So if there's ever a moment when it looks a little unnormal, I'm right there to you know be first is. on the scene to kind of know and kind of lead, help guide my administrators as well. So judgment is huge, and people look to you to make those decisions. So you have to have your judgment piece in place. You have to be comfortable with yourself and your decisions. Yes. Uh, and, you know, it's it's one of those things where as you look at it and you're around as much as you are, and that's the way we do it in police work, you, you familiarize yourself with mm-hmm. the normal, mm-hmm. you can understand and see real quickly what doesn't look normal. Mm-hmm. And that way you are able to stay right mm-hmm. on top of that. So yeah. that's, that's great, you know, being able to do that. And I think you're right. That's a very important part of really any type of leadership position of doing that. You know, there's a lot of talk about uh, the dangers in schools and and the different active shooter stuff and all that. Mm-hmm. Have you have you put much thought into that? What do you have policies that you work with within your school that are particular to what your thought process is there? Mm-hmm. Well, we follow our guidelines for the district when at County Public Schools. Mm-hmm. We do have training. We have a visible SRO every day, and we have our school safety plan. And we train our teachers and our staff, and we also talk to our students about being able to communicate with us about what they may see that's not normal. We teach our children that school is a normal day, and we are here, we are safe, but we also tell them to be aware 
and we talk to them about awareness and we talk to our staff about awareness. And anything that you may question, report it to any staff member in this. See something, say something. Yes. That's good. I know that I, I met your resource officer yesterday. He, extremely nice guy. Yeah. Uh, I like the way he carried himself. Uh, you know, being with the the police unit of the schools and everything, it's it's separate from the police department itself. Mm -hmm. But they're well trained. A lot of those people have come over from the police department mm -hmm. and are working in that position. And you know, he he was very on top and very paying a lot of attention to what was going on. He seemed right on top of what was going on. So that that is a good thing. Yes. And uh, you know, the see something, say something is very important. Mm -hmm. You can't guarantee a hundred percent of the time it's not going to be anything going on, mm -hmm. but you can guarantee that at least everybody is well aware of what's going on and they can see things quickly. Yes. That's to help keep you safe. Yes. Oh, uh, let's see. What would you? Let's talk a little bit about the principle for the day. Yeah. So, what did you find to be the most rewarding thing about Principal for the Day experience for you? I like the fact Besides that... Besides being around me. Uh, well, yeah, well, that was an awesome experience. <laughs> 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 I like the fact that we get to build that bond with our business partners, business community members. They come into our business, which is teaching and learning, and see how we operate and how we work with our students. Because oftentimes, you can make a judgment call over things that you haven't experienced. And when you come in and see the work that we do and how we connect with our students and what we expect from them and what they expect from us as their educators, I think it helps to build a real true community bond of educating our students. So I enjoy having the others um, come in for Principal of Day. Of course, this was my first one <laughs> as a <laughs> well, principal. Well, you were lucky. Yes, you I got the best the of the best, time. right? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's a really great thing, and I like the initiative, and I just like having the camaraderie of sharing what we do. We're public educators. And in Amer American Education Week this week, I think it's a really good tool. Yeah, and we've talked before. You are, in fact, the CEO of your unity there of your mm -hmm. of your venue mm -hmm. so you know that is your business that is what your expertise is in and you are in charge of being the ceo and coming in as a ceo from a private business on the outside you know we learn things too that's one of the reasons i've done this for several years now is because i learn something each and every time that i go with, with a different person and sometimes with a different school most of the time but you learn things from the other side, like you were talking about, and I hope that we're able to impart some things to you to help you from the other side to maybe make your your job of making a decision a little easier when you think about certain things such as you know, accountability and responsibility. And we deal with the same issues day to day in your business as well as mine. Mm -hmm. We just deal with them in a, in a, we're all in the people business yes. when you really get down to it. And it's all about that relationship and how do you develop it and how do you make it strong, but at the same time, how do you control and guide it? Yes. So it, it requires a lot. I know that there are some things that you do to stay current in your professional knowledge. What type of things do you do? Well, I'm a reader. I like to read. And part of me coming on board as a new leader, I do book studies with my actual school leaders um, the other administrators because it helps us to share the same thought process every day or how we're going to govern the school. So in addition to regular trainings that I attend at our district level, 
and I have a doctorate degree, so I'm not going back to get any more formal education at this point. I hear you. <laughs> CEUs will do, huh? <laughs> Continuing education, that's good enough. Yes, but I love to go to the outside trainings and stay current on just trends and topics in education and ways that we can improve instruction in our classrooms because our students learn differently, and we want to make sure we stay on top of how do they learn, and we read and research and go to trainings and workshops, and by having me and my admin team receiving training through our meetings that we meet it's not just a sit and meet but we sit down and learn how do we evaluate teachers together how do we give feedback together and our district is awesome about providing those professional development opportunities so with a mixture of those training sessions and a mixture of us just reading certain book studies together it helps us to really revamp how we're going to govern the school together as a unit well i know you have a, a large resource there in the school yes. uh, i saw your i've seen your library and your resources and your yes. media center there's a tremendous number of resources how do you go about guiding your students into really fully utilizing those resources mm -hmm. that are awesome in the school it's about training our students and letting them know what we have available, and it starts through training our teachers to let them know what we have available. Um, in the media center, we have, um, like you said, millions of books and resources, and be honest, and honest with you, in this age of technology, our students are so much better with technology than we are. That's the truth. So they could train us on how to do things. So we listen to them and find out, well, what do you like to do? So our teachers are constantly looking. My media specialist is awesome. She's always looking at research on how we can do anything to make the classroom environment a little bit more interactive and exciting for our students. So we train them. We talk to them about it. We listen to them and find out what do you like and just observe them. When we try something new, how did it go with the students? How did they respond to it? Is get this the something feedback. that works? We get that feedback and we use it to govern how we move forward. When you're looking at bringing on someone, say, to your upper-level staff mm -hmm. and your inside staff, what do you look for as, as some of the best qualities that, mm -hmm. that meld and fit with your direction mm -hmm. of what you see yourself going to? You know, um, it's interesting because we've had that conversation as the administrators when we interview, we interview together as a team, and we all sit around the table and talk about our thoughts of that particular candidate. And the one thing I look for is someone that truly cares, truly cares about children and truly has that passion and commitment for teaching. We can train tech technical pieces. We can train how to write a solid lesson plan. But it's that inner passion to care about our kids is what I look for. So they can be, they can have all the book smarts. They can have everything there, all the technical stuff, mm -hmm. all that can be in place. But they just don't come across as someone that's sympathetic or sympathetic mm -hmm. to the kids and, can, and really cares about them. That can totally turn you off. I, I can say it will probably go on the left side of the board, maybe yeah, not the right, the right side. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that's a, that's a very positive thing uh, because that is the number one thing in your business is you're dealing with is children. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have that certain level to be able, it's almost – it's almost like being a 24-hour parent. Yes. Uh, you have these kids that are, you know, I'm very much in the belief that it's the parent's role to mm -hmm. teach kids to do things, teach, teach kids to respect, keep, teach kids the soft skills, mm -hmm. the very, to, to respect. But at the same time, you have these kids in their waking hours sometimes more than the parents see them. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So I think it, that coordination between the parents and the teachers, like in your PTAs, mm-hmm. that's very important. And I think it's very important that that these, and usually, you know, not being sexist about it, but usually it's the mom that's mm-hmm. there all the time mm-hmm. and dealing with the schools and the PTAs and stuff. But sometimes it's the dads too. Mm-hmm. I unfortunately wasn't one of the dads that did a lot of PTA. But, you know, it's one of those things I think is important, not mm-hmm. just for the teacher and not just for the parent, but for the kids. Yes. Because they see the interaction mm-hmm. and everybody's got to get on the same page somewhere along the way. Mm-hmm. And I think teachers need to monitor what the kids are being taught mm-hmm. and the way they're being taught. Mm-hmm. And I think teachers are a great monitor for seeing if they're being treated well in the home and taught well in the home as well. So it works both ways. And I think that... Uh, that's something I, I felt in you and I saw in you that you, you're pretty focused on. Yes. So it's the relationship piece, and we try to build that bond with our parents, our families, our communities, because we're all in this together. And one thing I've learned with my students, even when talking with my parents, when we make those decisions, let's talk about why. Let me tell you the why behind we're moving this direction or why we made the decision we made so that we all can come to a common ground and a common understanding, and the why is essential. You know, it's interesting that you said that, the why, because it's just like when we were in classes yesterday, there was a couple of, there was a couple of times that p- kids were being told something, but the why was missing, and we talked about that. Yes. It's, you know, if the kids don't understand the why, they don't understand the how. Mm-hmm. And so it's a matter of kind of getting all of that crossed up and you know, crossed over and discussed. If you forget that, it's kind of hard to close things out, mm-hmm. which is uh, important. Uh, yes. They've got to understand in order to do it. Yes. And I know for myself, algebra was not one of those easily understood things. In fact, I, I'm still glad I don't have to use it much in my <laughs> in my business life any more than I do. Um, considering the role of a principal can be you know, kind of demanding to time. Do you actually have time to, as we say in the county, to work, play, and, you know, here in the county, live, work, and play in the county, or do things of your private time? I try my best. I do try to make it a priority to have that balance. Um, It's not a 50-50 at times. It may stagger a little bit, but knowing when I need to take that break and take that time for Kim, because that's essential because if Kim's not whole, it's hard for her to be whole for Dr. Birds for the school. So I do pride myself in taking that time out for my family, my friends, and just knowing when I need to have time to just sit down and look at something silly on TV. What do you, what kind of, well, silly on TV is one <laughs> thing to answer the question I was about to ask. What kind of things does Dr. Birds like to do? I love to travel. I love to go to the beach. Like I said, I'm originally from Charleston, so being near the water is something that I love to do. There's no water here in Atlanta, so I have to travel a little bit. We got Lake Lanier. Well, it's okay, but it's not quite the same as the Caribbean. That's true. I'll go along with that. Yeah, a little retail therapy doesn't hurt either. So just just taking that time to just sometimes know when to unwind and relax, and that's something that I like to do. And sometimes it could just be sitting there doing nothing. Do you do any sports? 
I love sports, but do I actually physically do sports? No. <laughs> I love to watch it. I love to go to games. Like, my nieces and nephews play sports, so I'm always at their activities. And I'm always at my students' activities at the school. And in all, in all honesty, people see it as work, but it's pleasure for me because I do love to be there and see the students or children engaging in those activities. I notice you interacting with the coaches and stuff at the, at the school and, with everybody and the kids talking about what you were going to do and help promote and and that's one of the ways that you get people to do what you want them to do and have them think it's their their ideas is mm-hmm. by manipulating for lack of a better word the parents into coming to these games <laughs> so i thought that was a rather u- ingenious way of doing it because certain things that just all of a sudden it makes the parents mm-hmm. have to come to the games and it helps the parents start getting involved yes we need that involvement and we love having that involvement well i thought it was i thought that was very unique the mm-hmm. way you worked it in so that the, the it managed to all of a sudden find those parents there. Yes. Well, now that you're entering uh, in your, well, now actually you're in your first year as principal, what would you say you find is the most rewarding thing as a principal mm-hmm. as far as what you're doing here? I would say it's all about my students. It's all about my students. It's all about when I can walk into a classroom, and I know sometimes I'm a little biased because I'm a former math teacher, but just to walk in their classroom and see that they learn it and that they like school and they like their teachers, that's important for me. And I want to be in their space and their spirit and just watch the whole simplicity and innocence of the students. That's very rewarding for me to be in the mix of that and knowing that I have some type of impact or influence on that. Well, you know, we talked about the positives. We talked about the things that you like to do. What would you say is the thing that you like the least about being a principal or in the leadership role? And, I, and I'll, I'll add to that after I hear the first part. <laughs> okay. Mm. I don't know if I have something that I just really like the least because for me being an educator in general or a principal, and this is one thing I kind of tell my nieces and nephews a lot about, if you find out what's your niche, it's not about, I don't feel like I work. I feel like I go to something that I like to do every day. It's almost like my hobby is always my fuel. So if I had to say that it's something that I don't like the most, it might be. How about if we look at it as challenges you the most? There's a lot of challenges there. Um, The challenges that might be one is just making sure you get everybody to understand your vision. And that comes through communication. And so I'm always trying to reflect and refine my communication to see how can I do a better job of communicating to make sure everybody understands my vision and helping them to get to that vision. Would you say it's uh, that you're trying to have a culture at your school that you want everyone to feel that they're within that culture of your school? I would like to, yes. I know we do that in business. It's, it's a matter of if it doesn't fit your culture, it's probably not going to work for your business. Mm-hmm. And you need to establish that culture. And I see that in schools as well because it's very much a huge family. Yes. And as well as being a huge business, but it's a huge family. Yes. And I imagine getting the kids to work with each other. I know that there's a lot of talk nowadays about bullying, Mm -hmm. and we talked a little bit about that. What would you say that your thoughts are and what you see in that area as far as 
the type of bullying or mm-hmm. kids bullying each other, and how do you deal with that? That's a tough problem. Well, I think it's all about root cause analysis, um, involving our counselors, our administrators, and just talking with our students to know why did you say this or why did this happen and do you know how you made someone feel and having them go through what we call like peer mediation but it's all about when we know we can address so that's why we have tell us something say something about it so we can know and we can address and it's about teaching children and adults how to communicate it's about communication and how to respect diversity that's in our communities and in our schools. And I think when you sit down and explain it to students, again, going back to the why, and having that just calm conversation that's facilitated by someone that's following the procedures, it helps us to make people aware. And and would you say it's also part about maybe how would that make you feel if it was said to you yes you know we talked about that yesterday yes you know? that's that I, I got picked that up and thought that was very key was is you know turning it around and say you know how would you feel if yes. they came up to you or someone came up and of course most of the time they're gonna say oh it wouldn't bother me <laughs> but it, but the points there mm-hmm. and the thought process gets gets kicked in so you know I think and you mentioned something about the diversity of your school and your mm-hmm. classes it goes along with this mosaic of a county we've got. We are the most diverse county that around that exists. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen, we talked about one of your classes that has multiple languages in the yeah. class. I don't see how in the world people do that. Yes. That's just unbelievable that there's that many languages in one class mm-hmm. that they work with. That but that's awesome <laughs> for the kids. Yes. Uh, they learn a little bit of the culture, a little bit of the habits and mm-hmm. the thought process. Yes, it's a heart. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you, it has been fantastic. Is there anything that you would particularly like to add that you'd like to tell our listeners or, you know, about your what you do or about the school, about Creekland? No, it's just an awesome school, and I'm so happy to be there. It was just like a dream come true, and we're a great place. <laughs> well, I'll go along with that. If anybody wanted to say look up information about Creekland or about uh, you uh, what do you would miss you know Dr. Kimberly Birds is there a number they could reach out or an email address or anything they'd like to ask questions or maybe be interested in well we do have a website and we do have Twitter but like I was explaining I'm a little not on the social media part but we Smart have people move. in the school that take care of that part but they can always reach out to our website and that is? You don't know? <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't mean to put you on the spot. I'll back off of that one because I don't, I don't know it either. Uh, but uh, the Gwinnett County School, school System, uh, GC. Yes. Yeah. At K-12. Gwinnett, K-12, yep. There yes. you go. But there's a, you know, it's a very interesting uh, thing to go through and look. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I would challenge anybody that's interested, especially in the business world, mm-hmm. uh, if you get an opportunity to do this principle for the day, mm-hmm. uh, the Gwinnett Chamber sponsors it for our part of it and goes through. And it's just an amazing uh, opportunity to be right in there and see what's on the other side as far as what's on that. Yes. But I want to thank you very much again for coming. It's been a pleasure. I enjoyed yesterday, and I hope you enjoyed today. I did. Thank you. Well, I want to thank you for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. 
Remember, you can join us live every Wednesday at 1130 in the morning. Or you can listen to our show anytime you want by going to businessradiox.com and clicking on the Gwinnett Studio and then click on Case in Point. Join us next week at 1130 when we will talk to business leaders about their businesses and related security issues in today's world. Thanks again to my guest, Dr. Kimberly Birds. And for our producers, Mike and Trey, I'm Rick Strawn. And remember, at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets.